Welcome to Season 2 of Between Two Blue Devils. I'm Mark Horner, your host, and this is a podcast featuring teachers, administrators, alumni, and community members of the beautiful city of Talmadge, Ohio. This podcast is about stories, their stories, the stories of people who love kids, love their city, and love the pursuit of education. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And while you're at it, feel free to share the podcast with a friend, tweet it out, post it on Facebook, snap it out, be sure to leave a review. And now without further ado, I bring you season two. Kick back, grab a cup of coffee from Crimson Cup, and enjoy getting to know some of the amazing people who love Talmadge and love our kids. Welcome to the podcast. Today, uh, we're going to interview Mr. Horner during our student takeover. I'm Esther Layton. I'm a junior at Talmadge High School. And I'm Chandani Patel. I'm also a junior at Talmadge High School. Let's get started. Okay. All right, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today, we're going to start off with how long have you been teaching? Well, you know what? I've been teaching a long time. I'm now finishing my 22nd year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll be rolling into year 23. I got started a little late in the game, so I, you know, I was a little bit older, so that just makes me further away from retirement <laughs> than many of my colleagues. But yeah, 23 years, I'll be starting my 23rd year, all in Talmadge. That's awesome, and what I love is like you're always learning something new and improving the way you teach every year, and you don't just start settling down as you've been doing it for a long time. Well, thank you, Esther. You know, that's one of the things that uh, I just had this conversation with. A, I have one student in third block, and he and I sat down and we chatted. And that's exactly what I said about teaching that I love so much, that you there's never a dull moment, and you have to stay on the ball. You got to stay up to par with what you guys like, you know, what, what, what makes you guys happy, what music are you listening to, what are the trends? You're always trying to learn that stuff. And then I'm also trying to learn how to challenge students better. And as a result, I end up growing. I keep my mind active and, and I'm just kind of always in that pursuit of excellence. Next question. Tell us all about your family. How you met your spouse, kids, where do you live? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> so I live here in Talmadge. I've been living here for 12 years. Uh, previous to that, my wife and I lived in Calgary Falls. So my wife and I, we met, my wife's name is Jennifer, and we met at the University of Akron. And she was playing volleyball for Akron, and I went to a volleyball game, and I saw her, and it was love at first sight. <laughs> I sat there, I had a friend, a buddy of mine that was with me, his name was Ed, and I, I actually rolled into the game a little bit late. I was working at this place called Sun Television. And so I come rolling into the volleyball game, and I had my, still have my tie on, I'm taking the tie off. And for some reason, we just decided to go check out volleyball. And I was playing, and I love to play volleyball, but I hadn't been to a, a Zips game. Go Zips, we're both Akron graduates. And uh, I went in and I saw her playing, and so did my buddy Ed. So we were sitting next to, yeah. We're sitting next to each other, and Ed's like, you know, check out number seven. I'm like, yeah, number seven. Um, Seems like a lovely young lady. And he's like, I'm gonna ask her out. I'm like, no, I'm gonna ask her out. You know, we were just kinda <laughs> just messing around that way. And, and so then at the end of the game, that whole group, we had all decided we were gonna go out. 
uh, to a friend's house, watch a movie, you know, eat a pizza. And I'm standing in the foyer of the, the jar, the James A. Rhodes Arena. And I'm waiting for a friend of mine who was using the restroom to come out. And I look down the hallway and lo and behold, here comes Jennifer Borden. <laughs> that was her name. And she's walking towards me. But guess what? On both sides of her, there was, there was a guy on both sides. So uh -oh. guess what assumption I made? You have no idea what assumption I made. If she's walking down the hallway and there's a guy on both sides, guess what I thought? Well, let me share with yeah, you what I thought. Tell me, tell me about it. I was like, doggone it. One of those dudes got to be her boyfriend. Yeah. Because they're right there. I'm like, I, I didn't even know her, but I felt so deflated. I'm like, oh, there goes my whole life. But when she came up next to me, she turned towards me and those two guys went that the opposite direction yeah and i'm like this is my chance so and they didn't even say goodbye or anything so i'm like it was just proximity wow. she came by and i uh i called out her name i like called out her real name like jennifer borton <laughs> <laughs> like creeper style <laughs> like jennifer borton jennifer borton she kind of looked past me because she's looking for somebody she knew and then she turned and kept walking. And then I'm like, Jennifer Borton from West Unity, Ohio, who went to Hilltop High School. And then she turned and now she's like in full panic mode. <laughs> I swear if she had mace or something on her, she would have you know, been on high alert. So I walked up and started talking to her. And you could see in her eyes, she was spooked. <laughs> you know? But I finally found some common ground. One of her teammates was actually married in college and I played volleyball with her teammate's husband. So when I finally mentioned their names, she let her guard down a little bit. We chatted, and um, and then I said goodbye. Now back then you couldn't like look them up on Instagram or Snapchat. Yeah. Or, it was like if you don't get the phone, if you didn't get the digits, you're out of luck. You know, you're. You, you didn't get the digits. I didn't. I didn't. I was a coward. I didn't. Um, but the next couple of weeks, I kind of altered my whole path all around the university, trying to find her again. Uh, eventually, we were connected. That same couple that I'd known, I told my buddy Jim that I liked number seven on the volleyball team and all that, and he brought her to one of our games, and, and that's where our relationship began. And now, 20 plus years later, we're married, uh, and we have two kids. My daughter, who just graduated from Talmadge High School, yeah. which makes me feel really old. That makes me feel older than saying I'm you know, entering year 23. And my son, who is going to be a sophomore, Kelsey and Noah, and as I mentioned, we live here in Talmadge. We started off in Calga Falls, but we fell in love with the school system. And I'm like, I want to plant roots in Talmadge. And so we, we packed up, we moved to Talmadge and been here ever since. And your wife, she works in a school as well. Yeah, she's a school counselor at Coventry High School. And she's been there for probably uh, almost the same amount of time. She was actually at Brunswick High School before that. Oh, cool. So she's student taught at Calga Falls. And because of her you know, time playing at Akron, and then she was a graduate assistant in Akron. Uh, she got a job coaching volleyball at Brunswick High School, oh, cool. right out of college, <laughs> and didn't like it. She, mm. she, I think she coached for one year, maybe two, and then went immediately into her master's program to get her school, her school's counseling degree, and then went to Coventry, and she's been there ever since. Awesome. Yeah. Is Ed still jealous? You, you know what? <laughs> I think Ed's doing okay. I, you know what? I haven't seen him on Facebook. Uh, it's been a long time. He's a police officer somewhere around oh, here. Really? 
and uh, I think he rebounded, and I, I believe he's happily married and has kids <laughs> of his own now. So, is Noah taking a push? Noah, my son, will be taking a push. Yeah, awesome. I told both my kids, I'm like, listen, you you really don't have a choice, <laughs> you know. And um, they got they got an at-home <clears throat> tutor if they'll want to use it. You know what's funny about that is, I was a little nervous because it is an advanced placement class, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm the only one who teaches it. And I was nervous about my daughter taking it. And I was wondering what the strain would be on our relationship as well as what the perception would be. We talked about a push at home twice. <laughs> and you want to guess how many times it ended up in a, a fight, an argument? Both times. <laughs> and it started with me saying, uh, Kelsey, I think you need to study. And she would then come right back at me and leave me alone. And then I would say, you're not putting the effort in that I think you should. And then yeah. World War III would take place. <laughs> and I, other than that, I kid you not, she and I, she did everything herself. You know, she's on the wall of fame. Yeah. And she worked her little butt off all on her <laughs> own. And I had nothing to do with it. And it'll be the same with Noah. You know what? Although Noah has an interest in some other thing, more things more history oriented than okay. Kelsey. So we'll have conversations, probably have more conversations, mm -hmm. but I am swore, I'm sworn to my wife that I am not, you know, I had to commit to her that I will not bug him. I want them both. Yeah. I wanted to both of them to take the class because I really truly believe it prepares you for everything else. Yeah. You have to find the separation of teacher and father. Yeah. Know? Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> yeah. So what were you like in high school? What were you like as a young high schooler walking the halls? What did your bedroom look like? <laughs> <laughs> what did, okay, those are two different questions there. So, and they're great questions because, you know, I really, I think when I look back at high school, one of the reasons I like that bedroom question so much is because my bedroom was covered with Sports Illustrated magazine covers of basketball players. Oh, yeah. You know, and so I was a huge Magic Johnson fan. He played for the Lakers. I loved Patrick Ewing. At the time, he was, in, you know, going to Georgetown for college, and then he played for the Knicks. Um, and, of course, there's Michael Jordan. Yeah. So my – and Dr. J uh, and so many more. But my, my room, four, three of the four walls were saturated with posters and pictures um, of basketball players and then I had another wall that had a whole bunch of shelves up and on those shelves were tons of antiques M many of the things that you see in my classroom all of that stuff was in my bedroom really yeah it was, see see my grandpa was a collector slash hoarder like me <laughs> and he had a whole room that was like a museum and every time I go over to my grandma and grandpa Horner's house I'd go to that room. I'd ask Grandpa, and he was, you know, he was, he was a he was a nice guy, but he was I didn't know him very well. He, he was actually kind of mean. He's like, <laughs> he was like, you go in there, but man, if you touch something, you know, I'm gonna. My great grandparents yeah. were the same way. They had all kinds of like glass shelves and like beautiful like cups and plates that were like antique, and but like if you went in there and you bumped something, it. I mean, it was. Kind of like the end you of the were in world. trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah, you yeah. You were not going back. <laughs> yeah, and that's how it was at, at Grandpa when Grandpa Horner's room. So I would go in there and literally like just stand for hours and just spin in a circle and look at things. 
And I swore, I kid you not, I was like, I swear, somewhere in here he's got a brick from Adolf Hitler's house, you know, and he's got to have a piece of, you know, this, and I, in my mind, I think I just started making these things up that he had, but one wall was all Avon bottles, and then another wall was just all, like, rocks and books of stamps and coins, and um, a lot of those old tools, those were all on display. Another wall had a whole bunch of, like, phonographs and their, their vinyl albums and cylinders just kind of all stacked yeah. up and the, the phonographs were out and you could play them and uh, just the, the cool stuff. So when my grandfather passed, my, my grandma, every time she'd come over and visit, she'd bring a bag or two of his room mm -hmm. to give me. Well, then that's what ended up on my walls. And there, that's what's now in my basement <laughs> and what's in my, you know, my classroom. And I really think that that is where a lot of my love of history and just learning about stuff, what, what's the story behind that, yeah. that, what it is that's in your hand. Yeah. You know? What were you like as a high school student? Well, I was an idiot. So uh, <laughs> I, I um, well, I'll tell you what I was like, and I'll share this story with you. I went back to my 20-year class reunion I graduated back in 1990, you know, and that's, look at that, Crimson Cup 1991, you see all, this is, when you look at the boom box and the headphones and uh, the cassette and uh, the, the Chuck E. T's and all that that are on this, this, this was when I was in high, you know, high school, and I, um, I went to my 20-year class reunion, and we're sitting around and everyone's talking about what we're doing as a profession, and it came to me. And I'm like, well, I'm a high school history teacher. Everyone laughed. <laughs> Thought I was joking around. I'm like, well, not only am I a history teacher, but I'm also, I have my master's degree in K through 12 administration, so I could actually be, uh, I could actually be a principal too. Yeah. You know, people, I wasn't a good student at all. I, all I cared about was basketball, playing soccer. I thought I was going to the NBA every waking minute that I had, I was in the gym somewhere. And I did not take school very seriously. So I, uh, I got good enough grades, so they let you play sports. And that was... Well, Esther, you know what, one time I had to go around and beg for extra credit just to be eligible for basketball season. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, yeah. You know, I, I struggled as a student. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't a good test taker. And I can I can go back and just kind of reflect on my life and see these moments throughout elementary school and middle school where I dealt with self, you know, diagnosed test anxiety, you know, yeah. where I just felt very inferior and I questioned my intellect. I had a very fixed mindset and especially when it came to math. And so then I would, I would just underperform constantly. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. I do know what you're talking about. So you get in there and you're like those, those uh, you go to take your test and your head starts spinning. Mm -hmm. right. That was me. Yeah. That was me. Several calc tests this year, I would walk in and I'd <laughs> do like some questions like, I got this. And then I'd get to a question I didn't quite understand. And then I'd just give up and be like, well, I'm done and circle a random answer and then, you know, end up with a bad grade and you talk yourself out of it, you know. I get it. I get it. Um, that was me, even in college. That's why, you know, starting teaching a little bit later, this is... The other side of it, it took me, it took me eight years to get through college. I still, in my family, hold the record for the longest, 
length, you know, the longest time to get an undergrad yeah. degree because I, uh, I made bad decisions. And, but also on top of that, I just dealt with, you know, especially when it came to college algebra, it took me a hard time and, you know, adjusting to the schedule and just dealing with all that. It was, it was tough, oh, yeah. but you get to where you're supposed to be eventually. Right. Yep. For sure. I think that's awesome because you always go above and beyond in your classroom. So that's a big change from what you're saying. You were like in high school too. Well, it's part of the reason I got into education um, because I really wanted to target kids who felt like they were less than and inferior because that's how I always felt. And so I, I really wanted to make sure that every kid was given an opportunity Part of the reason why I struggled to even take on advanced placement in U.S. history, to be honest with you, because I had this thing called the imposter syndrome going on. It's like, you don't deserve to be teaching AP U.S. history. Yeah. You barely made it out of high school, and it took you eight years. All that self-doubt comes flooding back. Just because I'm way older than you doesn't mean we don't deal, you know, I don't, yeah. and teachers and don't deal with these types of insecurities. So there were a lot of times where I'm like, I can't. But Mrs. DiCapua, God bless her, kept saying, I need you to take it over. I need you to take it over. And it was, again, it goes back when I took it over, it was a new challenge and it really stretched me yeah. as a teacher and it made me better. Yeah. You know? Okay. What was your favorite class in high school and your favorite teacher? Oh man. Uh, so when I look back at high school, uh, I had a teacher by the name of Mrs. Andrews. I went to a private, I went to CBCA. Okay. She taught a, a Bible class that I really liked. I really liked, and part of the reason I liked it is because she went into like a lot of historical context. Mm -hmm. And so I had, when I look back now, at the time if you had told me that I liked history, I'd be like, man, I hate everything about school. <laughs> but now, in retrospect, I look back at how she shared, how she made things come alive for me. Her, as a teacher, it just really, really appealed to me. Um, I had two other teachers, and, and here's, here's the thing. I, I'm pretty positive that Mr. Taylor and Mr. Vandermeulen, they, they both taught like government and uh, economics. I think it's not so much the content that I remember uh, about them as much as the fact that these two guys brought the classroom to life. Yeah. They came in. I, I don't ever recall them coming in saying, anything negative. They always started the class off like Dr. Vandermeulen would do these impersonations of Bart Simpson. You know, he'd come running and he'd slide across the floor and then we'd all start laughing and then he'd crack a joke that might, you know, be a little bit risque, you know, and it's, you know, we're all, we're all laughing and, and giggling. But then, man, we just were totally in tune because his lecturers and, and Dr. Taylor as well, they were always infused with humor and they always had real life application to them. And, um, and, and that's the thing that I really drew from the two of them, that they not only taught content, but they taught life. Yeah. You know, yeah. My, my basketball coach, Greg McDivitt, I had him for health. Uh, and he had a huge influence on me, not only on the court, uh, but in the classroom where he would challenge me. He would challenge everything that I believed. All right? He would always ask me why I believed what I did. And, and he would just, he would just constantly challenge me. And then he would play devil's advocate and he would, he would just always engage in conversation with me. Yeah. And when you're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, and you're having, you have an adult in your life who's willing to have those conversations, that that's important. You know, that's something valuable. My band director, um, Dr. 
Dr. Bechtel, he, um, he really, he again taught a Bible class as well, but he taught me how to play the trumpet and how to be engaged in music, music and, I, and he, we had a lot of really good conversations all the time. Uh, Mr. Bellman, my soccer coach, he, uh, he really had a huge impact on me as well. Uh, Miss Hazlitt, my English teacher, she helped me become the best writer I could possibly be. Uh, in her class, I got the only academic award I ever got in, in high school. Um, I'll never, she handed me back my first paper that I wrote and it was marked all red. I got a flat F on it and I had to go see her during study hall, kind of like our, our um, academies. And I had to go see her all the time. And I just remember looking outside thinking, I just wish I was outside, I don't want to be in here. But I, you know, got my F in that class up to a C plus, oh, you know, and she gave me the most improved writer award. That's awesome. Yeah, and I still have that certificate at home. The only academic award I think I ever received. That's awesome. But, um, but yeah, so th those teachers, uh, they just, I was blessed to have a lot of really good teachers, so many more, but those are the ones that jump out at me, you know, from my high school. So this goes on, we talked about this a little bit, but what really inspired you to become a teacher? When did you like have the realization that you needed to switch into education um, and pursue that career? I, so as you can tell from class and, and other times that we've been together, I like to talk, yeah. <laughs> all right? And I like to tell stories and I, I like to know other people's stories. And when I was in, when I was in college, so my, first declared major was psychology or no excuse me my first declared major was archaeology oh yeah that's very different I, does, it doesn't i mean raiders <laughs> of lost ark uh you, it doesn't get any cooler digging stuff up you know it ties in all that history and i declare it proudly and boldly that i'm going to be indiana jones <laughs> and then you find out the university of akron doesn't actually have an archaeology degree i would have to transfer out or something I'm like okay I'm going into communications, right? I'm going to be on the radio. That's what I, I wanted to do. I'm like, I had a professor. I wish I could remember his name. Super dynamic guy at the University of Akron. He taught a communications course, like an entry, an intro to communication. Loved everything about him. I'm like, this is me. Oh, I'm going to be on the radio. I'm going to, you know. And so I started communications. Then I switched. I don't even know why to psychology, you know. So now I'm in psychology, and then. I decided to switch to history and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just kind of hone in on American history and now I'm, I'm taking history and I start dating my wife and she, we got, we were pretty serious and at one point in our relationship, she's like, listen, you're going to have to graduate college before we get married. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but I'm having so much fun, the you know, right I know, I know, I, I want to go for the declared majors award or something. <laughs> But um, so at that point, I'm like, okay, what do I like? Well, I love basketball and I was coaching a little bit, you know, some middle yeah. school stuff. And I love teaching because at the time I'm now a salesman at Sun Television. I'm yeah. the computer manager and I'm doing some like training for them to train salesmen. And I'm enjoying that part. And I like history. And I had another history professor at Akron who was just really dynamic. So I thought, well, let's, let's, Let's teach. And believe it or not, when I said I wanted to be a teacher, kind of didn't believe it on the inside anyways, you know, because that, you know, 
yeah. thinking, reflecting back on all the failures. So, but then I, I'm like, this encompasses everything that I want to do. And at the time, I just wanted to be a college basketball coach. I was yeah. lo I love basketball, and um, I'm like, I'm gonna. I want to be the next Mike Shashesky, so I'm just gonna. I gotta teach to get on the court and and all that. And um, so then I I got into teaching, and very quickly. My love and my passion, it flip flopped. I went from wanting to coach to just loving teaching. Yeah. And um, and it really was. Would you like me to tell you the the interesting story about all that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I had to go back and retake all my classes that I had flunked. To get my great my GPA up so that I can get into the College of Education, I worked really really hard and I did that. I uh, sent out all you know I get to the point where I'm ready to do my student teaching, and I get uh, I'm sent to my I forgot what it was called my student teaching assignment was going to be at another high school a little bit north of here Nordonia High School. Okay. I'm all excited, I'm amped up, I'm going to the high school, gonna student teach. It's the beginning, you know, and I'm gonna be able to get married, you know, and all that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one fateful day, I get called into the student teaching assigner's office, whose name I won't mention, and they sat me down, this, this person sat me down and said, listen, we've looked at your grades, you're, you're not a serious candidate to be a teacher. And so we're pulling you out of that Nordoni assignment, giving it to a far more serious student teacher. And my whole world came crashing down. Yeah. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do? I said, well, where am I gonna go? And they're like, well, we might not have a placement for you this semester, we'll see, we'll try to get you someplace else. And I left and I remember driving home and unashamedly, I'll tell you, I was I was in tears because yeah. I had worked really hard, and I'm like, what what what's going to happen? I'm like, God, what 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 do you, what's in store here? You know, what 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 what's the plan? Yeah. And I'm thinking about what Jen's going to say, and I'm going to look like a failure and all this. I walk into my apartment. And they had these little boxes that sat next to your phone. They were called answering machines. Oh, yeah. They had little flashing <laughs> lights on them. They had little cassettes in them. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Oh, because you probably saw like a, a TikTok, I right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I walk in, it's flashing, and I, I hit play. And I hear the best message I could possibly hear in the world. And it was by a gentleman named Mr. Fox at Talmadge Middle School. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, Mark, listen, I've been waiting for two weeks for you to respond. If I don't hear back from you that you're interested in student teaching here, then I'm going to reach out to Akron and get another student teacher. I don't know if I put Talmadge down as an option to student teach. I don't know how he got my name. I don't ever recall having a message before that. You know, all I remember is at that moment, I'm like, I grabbed that phone. I called his number and I'm like, I'll be in the next available morning. And I went in and I sat down with him and he, he mentored me. Uh, that man is a hero of mine. And that was my first introduction to Talmadge City Schools. And I went from being this, this guy who had no clue an hour previous to that, what I was gonna do with my life to you know talking to him on the phone. And 23 years later, here we are. That's awesome. Sitting in Talmadge City Schools. That's awesome. Yeah.
Well, it's divine intervention. That's what I believe. You can call it yeah. what you want. You call yeah. it, uh, you know, the stars were aligned, luck yeah. or whatever. I call it divine intervention. You yeah. know, somebody had a plan for me. Yeah. Outside of the classroom, what are you passionate about? Outside of the classroom, well, you know what? I am an avid reader. I do enjoy reading. Uh, I should preface, I am very passionate about my family, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I don't categorize my family as a hobby. Uh, but, yeah. you know, being that I'm passionate about sports, we spent a lot of time with Kelsey, with softball and volleyball. I spent a lot of time with Noah in basketball, and I coach in AU, my, you know, the yeah. Ohio Hoopers. And so we travel on the weekends. And, um, and my wife is equally passionate about sports, so she just, she just eats that stuff up. Um, if it's non-family oriented, then I'm, I'm very passionate about reading and growing. Yeah. Um, uh, sporadically, depending on the status of my knees, uh, I'm passionate about golf, yeah. you know, and, uh, and getting out and, and golfing a bit. Um, but yeah, reading, podcasting, yes, you know, I do enjoy podcasting. I enjoy just consuming as many podcasts as I can. And then something that's really weird, but something that, um, that is something that, that kind of evolved over the quarantine till now is that I'm, I'm very passionate about something I call my PLN, my professional learning network. I have a lot yeah. of friends that I've never met in real life. I met online and now they're my closest friends. You know, I, I call them, they're part of my family and yeah. it's through the Teach Better team. Yeah, I see you post your tweets all about it all the time. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, so there's Teach Better, there's my Button Up Boys. That's a group <laughs> of guys that we, you know, we just hold each other accountable and just live life together. Uh, there's a couple other boxer groups that I'm, I'm friends with and these there are men that and women that I'm connected with via that and uh, men and Ed and um and it's just so I'm very passionate about that. That's awesome. I think one of the things that I love about you as a teacher and as a person is like you're always growing yourself and that's a great thing for students to look up to and um, that's something I've learned like over quarantine I like took time to like listen to Justin Sua a lot and grow myself and you know I'm getting back into it now as summer's starting and I think that's one thing I've really learned from you is having you as a teacher is you should always be growing um, and making yourself better. Well, thank you for that. That, that means a lot uh, that you would say that. Um, I would also tell you that that's something that impresses me about the two of you. You guys, you two are always on a constant path of growth. And this has been a great year. You guys, are, you're so resilient. I mean, it would have been very easy to throw in the towel and just not attack rigorous classes like you did, not attack your ACT the way that you did, to not lead in the manner in which you bled, and yet you're like, COVID ain't got anything on me. You know, you, you two just kept trailblazing, and here we are at the end of a, a strange junior year, but you two have identified yourself as significant leaders in this class. That's, what, that's how we look at you. <laughs> well, thank you, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so what is something that not a lot of people know about you? I feel like you're an open book, so I'm interested to hear the answer to this question. Oh man, now I feel like my guests where I'm like, I haven't put a lot of thought into this one. What do people not know about? Well, you know, we were sitting in class today and one of my students looked at me and said, Mr. Horner, you can wiggle your ears? Really? Yeah. And I, 
<laughs> I try to do that and my eyebrows wiggle. Yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Well, my, uh, I can wiggle one ear at a time as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty much an open book. I, I let everybody know um, who I am and what I'm about. Yeah, it took me eight years to graduate college. Uh, you know, I'm on knee surgery number 10 this oh, summer. Um, what are they going in to do this time? A full knee replacement. On the other one? On the other one, and then they got to go into the other one that's been replaced. They have a loose component, so both of them need replaced. So I'm, you know, once I get to surgery number 11, I'm good. I'll be the bionic man. I'll be able to really golf uh, pain-free. Uh, what else about me? Um, I, uh, I played soccer when I was in high school. Um, like I told you before, I dreamed of being in the NBA. <laughs> um, I could dunk the ball very easily. I can't give you a number as far as my, my vertical, but I could stand underneath the basket and just jump up and you know, awesome. dunk two hands. Um, I've met a lot of famous people, uh, which is really kind of interesting. Um, that, that's been fun. Who's like the most famous person you've met? Um, probably the most famous person would be uh, my buddy, Sean. Um, he's not famous in your eyes, but he's a, you know, we met him at the University of Akron and okay. uh, lived a little bit of life with Sean. Great guy, Sean Casey played, you know, major be major league baseball all star and awesome. in the Cincinnati Red Hall of Fame and uh, just a all around cool cool guy. But you know, I met him and we became friends and That's um, awesome. and then uh, so he's famous in regards to that. But just different. Uh, you know what? Now that you're mentioning it, I went through this whole thing and I'm having a total brain fart as well. Just, <laughs> like specific people, but like need to breathe. Like we met those guys That's and awesome. sat down and had coffee with their lead singer for about an hour That's awesome. uh, at one point. Um, but just life experiences, you know, yeah. um, you just kind of meet people. Uh, what else? Jeez. I don't know. That, 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 that about sums it up. That about sums it up. <laughs> That's in regards to what about me? You don't know. Other than the fact I will tell you, I told you, oftentimes I deal with the imposter syndrome like everyone yeah. else, right? Yeah. So, make that's myself. Awesome. And I think that, like, your vulnerability right there, being able to say that, like, you know, in front of all your listeners, and that's awesome because it really encourages students to start to talk about things that aren't being talked about as much. Yeah. Yeah, I think vulnerability is key. It's, it's really one of the, the, the qualities you need to develop to really grow. Sure. What's your most memorable moment as a teacher or as a person? Hmm. Or both. Wow. Most memorable moment as a teacher. Well, I'll tell you, as a person, I will tell you that um, I remember that day quite vividly when I met my wife. <laughs> I remember the day quite vividly when I found out we were expecting Kelsey. I remember the day that Kelsey and Noah were both born mm -hmm. quite vividly. Those were, as a person, those are, those are yeah, watershed moments, right? Mm -hmm. Turning points. Um, in regards to being a teacher, I think uh, I've been very fortunate, very blessed as a teacher. Um, I remember the day that they announced that I was teacher of the year. Yeah. That, that, was, that was really cool. That was just a few years ago. It was 2018 yeah. or 17. 
somewhere around there. Yeah, it was because it was right as yeah. we were coming into high school, I think. Yeah. And I remember when I was blessed. I mean, I really remember standing in front of a whole bunch of people um, and being announced as Summit County Teacher of the Year. That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. That was, but really the most memorable moments as a teacher, um, it's hard to really pinpoint them because they happen um, at different moments and you don't take, a time, take time to like, identify them. But it's, it's anytime I hear a, a student come and celebrate with me like when you recently came and celebrated you know your uh some of your accomplishments right that that's a big deal to me when you come down and you share something that you've done uh your accomplishments and how well you've done that those are memorable moments when i get invited to a wedding or i you know i get to go to a grad party can't hit them all but when i can get Mm -hmm. to them uh, or when somebody out of the blue 10 years after they've graduated reaches out and says something to me those are all memorable those are all like the bonus checks of being a teacher yeah you know so those are those are the moments that's awesome so what is a difficult situation like one of the most difficult situations that you've had to deal with as a teacher or in life in general as a teacher there have been moments where you've had to work through losing a student. Yeah. And those are, the, uh, those are the difficult ones, right? And uh, I've had to deal with five student losses. Wow. And, um, and those, yeah, those are rough. Yeah. Those are difficult. I've had situations where colleagues of mine have had to deal with loss yeah. and those are, as you work through those with them and you walk life. I mean, a friend of mine, Mrs. Whitman and I were just talking about this the other day that, you know what, life is dirty. Yeah. Life is messy. And, and people, you know, problems are real. Yeah. And there are moments where life really sucks and just walking and doing life with students and with, um, I've had moments with students where they've had to live through so much more than they should have as a 15 or 16 year old or 17 or 18 year old. And those, um, those times are just, they're, they're tough. Yeah. My wife and I, our family, we know we've, we've had very few storms in our life. We know that storms are on the horizon. I mean, yeah. if you're not in a storm, the storm's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my youth pastor always said that you're either going into a storm in the middle of a storm or coming out of a storm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a storm is relative, right? A, you, you never discount what somebody's struggling with. Mm-hmm. And to you, it may seem like something small, but to them, it's, it's a big storm, yeah. right? And, and we're constantly battling them. One of your teachers, Mrs. Hedrick, uh, did a, her, one of her projects, one of her assignments is where you read the book, The Things They the Carried. Things they carried. Mm-hmm. And you both read that, didn't you? Uh, you did not, because no. you did CCP, but I did read that. Yeah. I remember one one semester when the kids were typing up their paper about the things that they carried and they shared them with me. And here, these are all AP US history kids. And you think, oh, these kids all got it together. Mm-hmm. I, sat, I sat at my desk and read these papers and bawled my eyes out. Listen, you know, the things that you carry, like everybody's carrying, so everybody's got a storm that's going on in their life and it's it's tough. Yeah, that was, that essay was like very eye-opening because, you know, we did peer review and stuff and it's, very interesting and like eye-opening to see what everything everyone's going through yeah. and what people really do carry but I also felt like 
it connected us because I think a lot of times we like hide the things we're struggling with, but when we put it down on a piece of paper, it really opened everyone's eyes to see that, wow, other people are struggling too. And, mm -hmm. you know, we all have something that we're carrying. That really is powerful. And that's great reflection on the activity right there when you, again, everybody's got a story. Mm -hmm. right? And I really, truly believe that we need to share it. Even if we think it's kind of boring and mundane, it really isn't. It's going to touch yeah. somebody, right? Yeah. What's the most influential book you've ever read? Well, you know what? I just finished on our remote days. Um, on our remote days, uh, when we were doing end of course exams, so Monday, Tuesday, uh, I went through Mr. Horner's top six books, right? And um, and so it's hard for me to. I, I will tell you the most influential book for me personally in my life uh, is the Bible, right? That has, yeah. that has been the book of, of that, that's molded me. If I then move to second, third, and fourth, I'll tell you that um, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey is a must read. Um, Start With Why by Simon Sinek is one of those books. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie is one of those books. Grit by Angela Duckworth is a, a book. And then Mindset by Carol Dweck. Those books are must own books in my mind. And so that's why I always tell students if they, if I, if I recommend a book to you and you wanna go buy it, you go buy it and you read it. And if it doesn't just rock your world, bring it into me, I'll pay you for it. I'll buy the book back from you. But those are the books that really, um, really have impacted me. That's awesome. I've never been a reader, but like this year I've been trying to read more and I just started reading again. And I honestly, I don't read books for entertainment. I read like improvement books. Like, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's one thing that I really took away from you as well though, is you're always talking about readers are leaders and leaders are readers. <laughs> and um, I'm like, well, crap, I gotta start reading. <laughs> so well, I recently, yeah. you know, started reading a lot more and especially this summer, my goal is to read at least three like improvement books, you know? It's a great goal. It, it, things are so different now for you too as well. I mean, Audible is a great thing. You can yeah. listen to a book or just even catching a podcast by the author. You know, podcasts are very, you know, very, they're pretty much yeah. books on, on tape, but then blog posts that are out there, people are writing and you're getting short snippets of things. But man, I get it. When I was in high school, I don't know if I ever read a book. I, I read, so I read Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. All right. And I had, I read, I don't know if I was in high school. Okay. I think it was middle school through high school where I just, I, that, I would read those six books like constantly. And then I loved Tolkien's books, you know, like The Hobbit and all yep. of that. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I didn't, I, and I remember in, even in college, I had to buy all these books to read. And as soon as you are told you have to read it, I'm like, you don't want to, yeah. Yeah, I'm not reading it. We had this like 600 page book to read for my sociology class and I mean, we read one chapter and I was like, whatever, like I, I can't. So I like looked up information and like studied the book without <laughs> reading it, you know? Yep, yep, that's so funny. Yeah. But those are my top books. That's awesome. So do you have like a life quote or mantra? I mean, I know I've heard quite a few of them, but do you have one that you want to share with the podcast? 
Well, you're pretty familiar with this. If you've taken psychology with me, I make everybody memorize it. But, you know, the unexamined life is a life not worth living. Yep. You know, Socrates said that, and I really try to take that to heart. Um, you know, I, I love one of my favorite proverbs is the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and above all else, get insight. You know, so that's that kind of growth mindset, you know, where you're get wisdom. Well, you can get wisdom from anyone. You know, you just got to sit and listen. And, um, and then, of course, readers are leaders and leaders are readers. Uh, and then one that I've really, that's really changed me the past couple years is another Stephen Covey uh, quote, which is, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And that That's has good. helped me, yeah, it's helped me immensely in the classroom where, you know, I, I, when I'm sitting with you, a lot of times, I don't know what's going on in your life. So I don't know what, what's affecting your tone, what's affecting your facial expression, what's affecting your stance, you know. And so instead of just trying to pound home my point, I want to know Chandani and what, what's going on in her life, right? Yeah. And, and so that's what, those, those are my quotes. That's awesome. Those are really good. Is there any advice you want to give to the audience and any kids that are listening? Well, my advice to the kids is the same advice that I gave many of them, you know, earlier today, and, and, and it's this, you know, you're more than a score. You know, grades don't define who you are. I know that the two of you are very driven. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you love to compete with each other and hold each other accountable and things like that, but you're more than, you're more than a score. And everyone is here, here's another quote, on purpose for purpose, Yeah. right? That's Justin Sua, on purpose for purpose. And so whether you get an A, a B, a C, a D or an F, whether you get a one or a five or somewhere in between, those scores don't define who you are. And um, my advice would be just that, you know, don't allow grades. And for our adult listeners, one of the things that I battle with a lot, and I know everyone does, don't allow past regrets to trip you up. Yeah. Right? You want to fail forward and just keep taking one step at a time. And, um, and so there's a plan. Everyone's here for a reason. We just have to embrace it and, and then continue to pursue becoming the best version of ourselves. Yeah, that's awesome. I think I remember when I would take your tests, you put at the bottom, like you're more than a test score. And that was like, it was always just a good reminder because it was like, you knew it was going to be okay yeah. at the end of the test. So even if it didn't turn out well, score-wise. <laughs> well, it, you know, this has been a really <laughs> surreal week, to be honest with you, and it applies to this. And, and I was telling my AP kids today, you know, they get their scores July 21st First, or yeah, something. Yeah, 21st. And I said, well... I want you to remember, July 21st is going to come, and then allow me to quote a very famous American by the name of Annie. The sun will come up tomorrow, oh. <laughs> you know, like, you know, whether you got a one or a five on the 22nd, you're opening your eyes and you're attacking the day, yeah. right? And then you're going to fast forward. It'll be a year later, and that'll be a blip. You might stop and think, man, I wish I would have got a five instead I got a four. I could have put a little or whatever, mm -hmm. and then you're like, but, but then just keep trekking along. And it's like a week ago, my daughter graduated high school. I thought my world would come crashing to an end the day that she left this building. I showed up to school the next day. It's really surreal. And now, and now guess what? We're a week removed from graduation, yeah. you know, and life just keeps going. It keeps going. And, and um, you just keep moving forward. 
and um, and just maximizing the day. Yep, I was listening to the podcast that you did with your block one class yesterday, actually, and it was saying how like time doesn't wait for you, so it's just going to keep going. And yeah. I thought that was really good. You know, some people just need that reminder that you just got to keep going. We all do. I know. I remind myself every time I take a test. Although this score does not define you, yeah. I, I flash back to the English test where it's written on the bottom. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that because the tests are very different now, and so I'm going to make it a point to continue to put that. I think yeah, that bottom. was something. It's so important, and every time, like Chandni said, I take a test, I remind myself that. Um, um, yeah, someone was like yesterday. No, today's Tuesday. Sunday I was at church and someone came up to me and they were like, Esther, I don't know, like, why, but all of a sudden this morning I was cooking breakfast and I felt the need to tell you that you're enough. And I just thought, I was like, whoa, like it came out of nowhere. But then this week's been like really challenging and I was like, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. Mm. And I think that that's so important to speak into our lives because oftentimes we get down on ourselves. And yeah. like, yeah, it was really like just interesting just to, for someone to say that and I didn't need it in that moment but like this week it's just something I've been speaking into my own life from hearing it from them and I think that that's one thing like speak into your own life you know what you need to hear and don't let your negative thoughts always like fight back from them hmm. such words of wisdom <laughs> I also think you know I have a friend her name is Livia Chan she's a teacher in Canada but what she said you know every time something crosses her mind to say to somebody she considers that a sign to just reach out to them you know tweet at them or send them an email mm -hmm. if you feel like you got to pass on something good like that to somebody mm -hmm. you don't know what if they need it or not but she does that yeah. all the time and your friend did that for you and look at how how much of a difference that yeah. made yeah so, that's an awesome story yeah so i think that are we wrapping up the podcast here are we ready to wrap it up good. Well, Mr. Horner, thank you so much for letting us finally interview you. <laughs> um, it's been great. Um, I hope everyone knows how amazing you are of a teacher after hearing just that little bit. You know, I've, we've spent hours having conversations. So Yes, we have. Um, but, yeah, thank you for all you do. Talmadge wouldn't be the same without you. Well, it is truly an honor to have you two hijack the podcast and interview <laughs> me. I appreciate it, and I hope you guys have a great summer. You too. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner the Teacher or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, go Blue Devils.